Pastor Xavier Reese and the incredible inheritance that's available to all believers. The measure of God's blessing is declared to be with every blessing. There is no blessing that God has withheld from a believer. The declaration is established as a fact. Too often Christians are walking around like they're paupers and they have a million bucks in the bank and they're saying, I don't have a penny. Get in the Word of God and find out who you are, what God has done for you. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Stocks and bonds, 401ks. Those are just a few of the recommendations financial advisors recommend for their clients in order to assure a secure future. Well, Pastor Xavier says you may not be rich by man's standards, but according to your heavenly account, you're a millionaire. Right now, let's join him for today's study. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. The message is entitled, In Awe of God. Having greeted the saints, Paul loses no time to break out into an explosive expression, praising God for what God had done in Christ regarding the salvation of the lost. The praise regarding the wealth of the believer is declared in one continuous sentence without any break, one linked to another as a necklace of pearls, revealing many important doctrines regarding salvation. She just goes on and on and on and on. Using such phrases as, in verse 5, the middle portion, according to the good pleasure of His will. In verse 6, the beginning, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Verse 7, the middle, according to the riches of His grace. Verse 8, He made to abound towards us. Verse 9, the middle, according to His good pleasure. Verse 11, the middle, according to the purpose of Him who, call, who worketh all things according to the counsel of His will. And then in verse 13 to the end, sealed is with the Holy Spirit of promise. God is the focus. Over and over and over again, he hits it from every direction. Now, in view of all this, we want to focus on three things that Paul praises God the Father for regarding the spiritual blessings. And we find these in verses 3 through 6. Let me read our text. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. The three things that Paul praises God the Father for regarding spiritual blessings are these. First, Paul praises God the Father as the source of the blessing, verse 3. Secondly, Paul praises God the Father in his choice for the blessing, verse 4. And then he finishes off by praising God the Father in his chief end of the blessing, verse 5 and 6. So let's begin with the first one. Verse 3, Paul praises God the Father as the source of the blessing. Mark that well. Notice first, the Father is honored by Paul as God. The word blessed means to speak well of. We get our word eulogy from it. When we eulogize somebody at a funeral, we speak well of them. They've died, and we're going to just give them tribute to who they were. The only problem is that everybody wants to live like the devil and die like a saint. Then they want everybody to lie for them at the pulpit. <laughs> the apostle declares God to be the father of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. Mark that well. Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some use this text to argue and to prove that Jesus is not God. Yet a basic principle of interpretation is this. You compare scripture with scripture within the whole counsel of God. Any scripture that is taken, isolated on its own, will end up in heresy. You have to compare scripture with scripture with the whole counsel of God. They are not contrary truths, but complementing truths. They are not contradicting truths, but they're truths that are irreconcilable at times. But they're truths nevertheless in the word. The Father calls Jesus God. Hebrews 1.8. The Father calls Jesus God. He says, but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So God the Father calls Jesus God. The Holy Spirit is called God by Peter. You remember with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 and 4? Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to men, but to God. The Holy Spirit is God. Paul already told us, Father's God. The Trinity is involved in the salvation of man. Notice that. In verses 3 through 6, the Father's involved in salvation. Verses 7 through 12, the Son is involved in salvation. Verses 13 and 14, the Spirit is involved in salvation. The Father's God, Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. He lays it out. Each one ending with what? Praise to the glory of God alone for the salvation of man. Every one of those sections ends and finishes with praise to the glory of God in view of what? Salvation of man, the blessings of man. Paul is viewing the Father as the God of our Lord Jesus Christ from his earthly humanity, the incarnation, as he emptied himself of his glory in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. And he took on the form of a servant fashioned as a man, Jesus said in the, in the Holy of Holies prayer in John 17, Father, glorify thou me with the glory which I had before the world was. Jesus emptied himself of his glory, not his deity. He was 100% man, 100% God. If not, we are in deep trouble. Now, can you explain that to me? I can't. I can teach you that he's 100% God. I can teach you that he's 100% man, but I can't in my mind rationalize it how that's possible. Yet it is so. Notice, secondly, the Father is honored by Paul for blessing the believer. The measure of God's blessing is declared to be with every blessing. There is no blessing that God has withheld from a believer. The declaration is established as a fact. Too often, Christians are walking around like they're paupers, and they have a million bucks in the bank, and they're saying, I don't have a penny. Cash in on your checks that you have from heaven. Get in the word of God and find out who you are, what God has done for you. The means of the blessing, notice, are declared to be spiritual in the heavenly. The quality of the blessing is ascribed by the word spiritual, pneumaticos, which refers to that which is dominated or controlled by, in this case, spiritual. Paul contrasts those which were controlled by the flesh, the psuchikos, and those who were controlled by the spirit, pneumaticos, and Corinthians. He says, I cannot speak unto you as unto believers or as unto spiritual, but as unto babes in Christ, even as unto carnal, psuchikos, those who are controlled by the flesh, the soulish. 1 Corinthians 3.1. 
There's the contrast. This is that which is controlled by the Spirit. This is the quality of the blessing. Now notice the spiritual blessings are not merely in opposition to the physical blessing, but are indicative of those things that proceed from God and His grace. They are like God. They are from God. They are, they are given by God. They are not from this world. This world doesn't give you peace like God does. This world doesn't say, listen, I forgive you. I'll never mention your sins to you. The world doesn't say, man, you're perfect. <laughs> if they do, they want something. <laughs> the problem is that too often people are looking for the physical blessing alone from God and the church. You know, we're in our city. We get people coming in here all the time asking for food and clothing and all that, and they come in demanding. You come in humble. You come in with a need. Let's talk. But you come in trying to tell me what to do. You've gotten on my bad side. The word spirit is found 15 times in the letter, and the word spiritual three times, 18 times. You know what this book is about? Life in the Spirit. A person who is controlled by the Spirit of God. Key verse to that, Ephesians 5.18. Continue every day. Keep on keeping on to be filled with the Spirit of God. If you don't, you walk in the flesh. Jesus said that they were to seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto them. In Matthew 6.33. What's the context of that? He's talking about the things that the people look after in the Gentiles. They seek after fame and glory and money and pleasure, this and that. Nothing wrong with none of those things in and of themselves. But if that's your priority of life, you come up empty. Empty. He says, you seek me first and I know what's best for you and I know what won't take you away from me and I'll give it to you. You'll be able to enjoy it and you won't live for it. There's a difference. The blessings are communicated through the word of God. If you're not in the Word of God, you don't know what blessings God has for you. Three things will always be directly related to your problems in life. One, you're not in the Word. Two, you're not in prayer. Three, you're not in fellowship. Let me give you a fourth one. You're not involved in ministry. But if you're not busy about those four things, you're caught up with yourself. And you have the poor me's, and you're throwing up all over yourself and everybody else that comes around you. Now, there's some legitimate needs. Let's get down. Let's cry together. Let's talk about it. Let's reason. Let's pray. But let's move on. Let's move forward. Let's run the race. Let's strip off all that heavy weight that's holding us back. Let's quit looking around as a runner. <laughs> let's quit trying to run forward looking backwards. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Notice the main origin of these blessings is said to be in the heavenly. So he hits it from two sides, spiritual, heavenly. The word places is inserted, you see it in italics by the translator to complete the thought. The phrase appears four times in this letter, heavenly. Right here, where the blessings come from. In chapter 1, verse 20, where Jesus is seated. In chapter 2, verse 6, where we sit with Jesus through our new birth. And in verse 10 of chapter 3, where the angels witness the manifold wisdom of God through the church. Do you understand that God is doing an incredible work through his church? And the angels are just looking down, blowing their mind what he's doing through us? They're saying, man, God, you are wise. I can't believe I handled that problem. <laughs> this, 
Last time it's mentioned is in chapter 6, verse 12, where spirits and demons dwell who are fallen angels in the heavenly. Now, the sphere is a realm of the invisible and the unseen. The sphere stands in contrast to the physical, to the spiritual, the temporal to the eternal, the earthly to the heavenly. There's the contrast. Now, Paul is saying that God the Father should be well spoken of because of the blessing he has blessed us with. And then he goes, boom, 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 like a machine gun. Chosen us, adopted us, accepted us, redeemed us, forgiven us, revealed his mystery of godliness, abounded towards us with all wisdom and prudence, given us an inheritance, sealed us with the Holy Spirit, and you can go on and on and on. He is just overwhelmed. David says, I want to build the house of God. Nathan says, hey, go ahead, David. Before Nathan got out in the court, God says, Nate, what are you doing talking for me? You go back, tell him he can't. He's a man of blood. He's a man of violence. Dave, sorry, spoke out of turn. Can't do it. David didn't say, oh, I can't believe it. God, all I've done for him. And he doesn't let me build it? No. David sits down and says, who am I? You see, David didn't focus on, on the things that God said no to. God focused on what God had done for him. The no's of God are protection for your life. Like parents, we tell our children, don't do that. Don't hang out with that person. Be careful here because we have the protection of our children in mind. Now our kids think we're terrible parents. We're the worst. Johnny's daddy's cool. He lets them drink beer. Goes bar hopping with them. He's a neat dude. Yeah. We look for the protection of our children. So does God for his. Notice the mandatory qualification to have access to these spiritual blessings is in Christ. Don't miss that. It's a phrase that you're going to hear over and over and over again. The phrase appears a total of 27 times in the entire letter. The phrase is a key phrase and is synonymous with many others. Let me give you some of them. In him, in whom, in himself, in Christ, in the heavenly. The believer has much to bless and praise God for. That you are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, he'll get to that. You have nothing to boast about. You're saved by grace. That all of our sins have been forgiven. Psalm 103, Verse 12, far as east is the west. That's enough. We should just close our Bibles and go home. That your sins will never be flashed on the screen, will never be mentioned, not shouted from the housetop. That should be enough to make you jump for joy. And if you can't jump for joy, you're dead. <laughs> that I'm able to be illuminated through the Holy Spirit of God to understand God's word. 2 Corinthians 9 through 16. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. When? Now. For by the Spirit we understand the things of God. To the natural man their foolishness, yet we discern all things by the Spirit. We're not judged by any man because we have the mind of Christ. The problem is we don't put on the mind of Christ in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. And he speaks about humility and the emptying of himself. Being God, he emptied himself. Here we are, man, and we don't want to empty ourselves. Praise and thank him and speak well of him that I'm able to worship God in spirit and in truth. First, in John 4, 24, to the woman of Samaria, Jesus told that. That you can worship, that you can understand, that you can lift your hands, and you can mean it from your heart, that you can truly understand what God has done and how fortunate you are. That I have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son in Colossians 1, 13. 
that I am a different man, a different position in the last Adam, according to Paul's statement of in Christ in Romans 5, 12 through 21. No longer in the first Adam, but the last Adam. That I have a different nature, a divine nature, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. That I can say no to sin. I can live the life that God has called me to live. That I have a house, that I have health, that I have a job, that I have friends, that I have joy in my heart. You take the list. Keep it going. The priority of the Christian life is spiritual, even though we live in the world, as Paul reminds the Corinthians of the calling in which they were called. Listen, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, and is working for us a far exceeding eternal weight of glory. Here's the superlative again, exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, the things that we are not seen are eternal. Here's the contrast, eternal, temporal, earthly, heavenly, eternal, temporal, small time, time that never ends, over and over again. We are to walk worthy, he's going to tell us later on in chapter 4, verse 1 of Ephesians. We are to walk in the unity of one spirit, one Lord, one body, in the bond of peace, chapter 4, verse 3. We are to walk in love, chapter 5, verse 2. We are to walk as children of light due to the fact that we are light in the Lord, Ephesians 5, 8. And as I share all these things with you, if you've read this thing over and over again, as I'm giving to you, the Holy Spirit is plastering scriptures all over your mind, jumping up chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, because you've done your homework. You're not hidden here just for me to spoon feed you. God's Spirit is alive and is making the Word alive in your life because you are in the trenches. That's what's so great. You can go to the mission field and, and go out there and feed people, or you can go out there and teach them how to feed themselves and plant corn. One of them will cause them to be indebted to you always and look to you as someone great. The other will cause them to appreciate you, but to move on in life to teach others. The Christian's means of confidence is the person of Jesus Christ. Notice that. Here it is again. Jesus excluded every other way to God. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. What an incredible statement. He says here it's in Christ. Jesus is the only name where we must be saved. Acts 4, 12. No other name. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 5. No one else. It is in Christ and so Paul praises God the Father as the source of all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly. Then secondly, Paul praises God the Father in his choice for blessing. Verse 4, notice first, God chose us in him. In who's him? Here it is again, Jesus Christ. The word choose means to choose out for one's own interest. It's in the middle voice in the Greek. The word is used in the Septuagint for God's choice of Israel. The word Appointed or elect is used sometimes in Scripture. Acts 13, 48, and 1 Peter 1, 2 are two occasions. The choice of God was based, notice, in Him, Jesus Christ. This is the repeated phrase over and over and over. You cannot get away from it if you're going to read Ephesians. You see, Jesus was the promised Messiah way back from Genesis 3:15, the seed of the woman. Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, a virgin shall bear a son, you shall call his name Emmanuel. And then in Matthew 1, 21, you shall call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. He was the fulfillment. He was the promised Messiah. Jesus was the 
anti-type of everything that was typically of him in the tabernacle. Everything in the tabernacle was a type of Christ. The wood stood for the humanity, that God would occupy a human body. The gold stood for deity. God would occupy a human body. The silver spoke of redemption. It would be God who redeemed sinful man and his body. Brass would speak of judgment. God would judge the sins of the world in the human being, a Messiah, to redeem mankind. And every sacrifice, we don't have time to go into it, spoke of Christ. Everything. Jesus was the Lamb of God which took away the sins of the world. Those were the words of John the Baptist. Every Jew that heard that knew animal, death, blood, atonement, fellowship. They understood it. Notice secondly, God chose us before the foundation of the world. The choosing of an individual was before they had ever been born. The choosing of an individual was before they had committed any sins. The choosing of an individual was before the world was ever created back in Genesis. This is a repeated thought throughout Scripture. Listen to Paul. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief of the truth. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. Paul again says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. 2 Timothy 1.9. Before time began, as we know it, chronologically linear, because God lives in an eternal uh, sphere of time. It's an eternal present. Before that time ran and began as we know it, he says he called. John likewise in his book of Revelation says, All who dwell on the earth who will worship him, the Antichrist, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That, uh, Revelation 13.8. In other words, now we hit it from the other side. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. In the mind of God, he was slain his son for us. Abraham, Isaac, there's the type. Again, one more. John says in Revelation 17.8, The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Certainly, if God chose you from the, before the foundation and from the foundation, certainly he had your name written, right? I never read that God writes your name in. The only thing I read is that he strikes it out. Whoa. Notice thirdly, God chose us with purpose in mind. Understand that. God chose me and you to be holy before him. The word holy, as you know, means to be set apart. To be set apart from sin and to be set apart for sanctification, devoted to him. A man and a woman in marriage are devoted, set apart for each other, sexually everything. No one else has right to that. Set apart. You are set apart for God. I am set apart for God. No one has, has right to that outside of God's allowance within marriage and friendship in the different extensions. The word sanctification, sanctified, holy, saint, they all come from the same root word. The setting apart to be holy is done by God. Please note that. In the act of salvation by Christ's righteousness, as it is imputed to us, it's like you going to the bank and someone, as I said earlier, drops a million dollars in your account. And you go down there and they say, by the way, uh, um, do you know you have 
million dollar balance, you go, million dollar balance? You better check my account number. <laughs> you didn't work for it, you don't know where it came from. Well, that's the same thing as salvation. God has taken His righteousness of Christ and imputed it to you. He's accounted it to your ledger. Pastor Xavier Reese and the incredible gift of salvation, a gift we didn't earn nor deserve. There's more to today's study, well, but that's next time. Now, if you won't be able to join in, you can pick up a copy of this message, and the title to ask for is In Awe of God. It's available on CD for only $4. And be sure and share this with a friend when you're through listening. So once again, the title to ask for is In Awe of God, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track this ministry in your area. When it comes to salvation, what's required of you? You may be surprised to hear the answer. That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 